Welcome to Intentional Box, Season 1, Episode 16. Lou Landers here. You can find me on Twitter at Landers Talks, at my new website, drroto.com, where you can use promo code RADIO for a nice discount on all our fantasy sports, DFS, and betting action. That's promo code RADIO at drroto.com, of course. Also, Find me Sports Overnight America Series XM. But I'm joined here by my co-host, Mark Mancini XM. Calls him the world's worst handicapper, whoever he picks. You take the other side. Mark, lots to talk about here. We're going to start with top five third baseman all time in Major League history. And then get into the key playoff races from around the league. And what do you say on all this stuff? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Congratulations on that new gig you got. It's well-deserved, and this is the most talked about, most listened to show that's sweeping the country right now, Intentional Balk. I'm so blessed to be a part of it. Man, there is a lot to talk about in Major League Baseball these days. What's going on with some of these teams? How about the the contenders? Maybe we got some pretenders that are going back and forth, and as we get now into the second-half stretch run, We're going to find out who's a winner and who's a loser. (laughs) That is for sure, Mark. With our top five third basemen. So I'm going to go in a different direction than you are probably. For our younger listeners, I have my top five, but I'm going to include only players played in the major leagues at some point in the 1990 and beyond years. You're not going to follow those same guidelines, obviously, which should make our lists different and probably great because they will be different. We'll have that many more guys to talk about. But get us started with your top third baseman all time. Well, I got Brooks Robinson, number one. I think what he did with the Baltimore Orioles in the heyday, the 70s, was just something special. He was like a vacuum cleaner there. Uh, you couldn't, you, you, when you think of third baseman in that era, Brooks had to be one of the, the best, if not the best. Number two was Mike Schmidt, the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think what Schmidt did in Philadelphia, he was a mainstay, man. That veteran stadium, I mean, with him and Lazinski there, and unbelievable. That left side of the infield with Boa, uh, you had Schmidt, and then you just had to go a little ways out, and you'd see the bull ring and Craig Lazinski. So number two was Mike Schmidt. Number three was Bill Madlock. When the Pirates picked him up from the Giants, he was the missing piece to give him the 79 World Series. That dude could hit in his sleep. You know, to make it a Major League Baseball for more than a cup of coffee, Lou, it's hard. But then the hit on top of it, it's unbelievable. And uh, Bill Madlock was another guy that I respected tremendously. Great third baseman. My number four was Manny Machado. Could be the uh, National League MVP this year. I had Bryce Harper as it. Bryce Harper's making a nice little run. Everybody thought Fernando Tatis Jr., but he's been injured of late. But Manny Machado, man, is on base percentage, slugging percentage, home runs, close to 300 right now. He's carrying the Padres. And, man, I'll tell you, I love what Manny Machado has brought to San Diego. He's brought a swagger. And I'll tell you, when you look around San Diego, everybody's wearing the swag chain. My number five. Your neck of the woods, Craig Nettles, New York Yankees, man. What a third baseman he was. You know, when you think of the Yankees in the heyday, Reggie Jackson and all those guys, 
you know, you couldn't help but think of Greg Nettles, and Greg Nettles, man, was something special. I love Greg Nettles. There's my top five, my brother. Wow, yeah, you brought it, man. You brought it. And not surprised to hear any of those guys on your list. Maybe Manny Machado a little bit just because there's still so much time left in his career. I don't think he's done enough to be on that list, but I understand why you went there. Uh, I'll start at the top of my list. Number one, Wade Boggs between 83 and 96. This guy averaged 184 hits per year with a 332 batting average, 12-time All-Star, 8-time Silver Slugger, 5 batting titles, 2 gold gloves, won a World Series with the Yankees. But get this stat, blew my mind. It's 1939, Wade Boggs has the 4th highest batting average of all time behind just Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn, and Stan Musial. Wow. Craziness right there. He he loved chicken on the road and you know, when I think of Wade Boggs, I remember in the heyday, he, I think he had a mistress in every city and made hayway uh, when he was traveling around the country. But Wade Boggs, man, another guy that hits. And you're absolutely right. Another great third baseman. I just didn't have him to crack my top five, but. I, and again, that's why the guys that played after 1990, it's going to be yeah. a diff- different list than yours. Uh, Chipper Jones is going to be Ooh. number two on my list uh one of the best switch hitters of all time top 10 third baseman probably dating back all the way to 1900 but for conversations sake here between 95 and 2009 he averaged 28 homers 96 rbis 97 runs scored per season um and this guy batted around 307 during that time won a world series and three trips to the world series 99, he was the NL MVP, hit 45 home runs, 110 RBIs, 116 runs, 25 stolen bases that season alone. Uh, This guy, just a career gamer. So a big fan of Chipper Jones for sure. Number three is going to be Alex Rodriguez. And was a shortstop, of course, for part of his career, which is why he's probably not number one on this list. Nevertheless, though, A-Rod finished his career with a 295 average, 696 home runs, 2,086 RBIs, and a 380 on-base percentage. By far the best overall numbers by anyone who has ever played the position. Won second and third MVP awards at third base while with the Yankees for 12 seasons. So a guy that has the best numbers of any third baseman ever, but only played 12 years there, which is why I have him as number three. Number four, Adrian Beltre. I think this guy gets forgotten a lot. But uh, tale of two careers for Adrian Beltre, Mark. Started in the league at 19 years old, developed very slowly. All of a sudden, a few years later, breaks out in a huge way. Second in NL MVP voting. Following that year, goes to the Mariners, struggles for a few years, goes to Boston, rejuvenates his career, goes to Texas. Between 2010 and 16 with Texas, batting 310, 28 homers, 95 RBIs, 86 runs, average per year. Three gold glove awards, voted to four all-star teams during those seasons. Finished with a 286 career average, 477 home runs, 1,700 RBIs. Very, very good numbers. And number five is going to be a guy that just made it into the 1990s. Paul Molitor, selected to seven all-star teams during his career. Led the league in hits, triples, and runs scored in 1991. Went to the Toronto Blue Jays, helping them win their first ever world championship. 
but finished his career as a 306 hitter, 1,782 runs, 1,300 RBIs, 504 stolen bases, 3,319 hits. Some of the best third basemen of my generation from 1990 and on. Well, you know, you bring up Adrian Beltre. And when I think of Adrian Beltre, two guys come to mind that kind of, you know, started out slow and kind of resurrected their careers, uh, different positions. J.D. Martinez, kind of a forgotten man. Then when he went to Arizona, I saw him jack four home runs against the Dodgers in a game. Uh, and then, he, you know, he got the big contract in Boston, and now he's he's playing good baseball again. And the other guy that's been on five different teams in the last five years, C.J. Cron, uh, you know, with the Angels, he just didn't seem to, you know, do it much. And then he moved on to Tampa and everything and, you know, uh, Minnesota and stuff. But, you know, these two guys kind of remind me of Adrian Beltre because when Adrian Beltre was with the Dodgers, Big hype and everything, but he really didn't do anything there. I don't know if it was the bright lights of the big city, but then, you know, went to Cleve, uh, Seattle and then kind of found himself uh, going across the board, Boston and Texas and stuff like that, and really solidified himself in the World Series and everything. I got you there. I got you there. One thing, when you bring up CJ Crone to me, it makes me, it makes me laugh because this is a guy that just has serious power who... Um, I would have thought the Rockies would have tried to do something with him at the trade deadline. Uh, the fact that, I mean, they are a last place team or should be a last place team. They're better than Arizona, but that's not saying much. Uh, this is a team that should have been unloading a lot of their players. CJ Crone being one of them to a team like the Red Sox, to a team like the Oakland Athletics. And the Rockies did not make a move. So I was very surprised by that. Just, just kind of made me think. Yeah, of it. And, and not only that, with the Rockies not making a move there, I don't know what they're thinking. You know, you got Blackman there, you got Story there. Uh, you might want to tear this thing down. They're only ten games better than the Pirates, but they're burying the National League West. But you know, when you're looking up at this division, nothing's going to really change with Colorado and Arizona moving forward because the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants could be that much tougher you know, for another few years to come here. The Dodgers winning eight straight division titles. It's in jeopardy now. The Giants not looking to give that up, and the Padres are going to be right there. So I don't know what you want to do in Colorado, but if you're, you know, cheering for Rockies baseball or Diamondbacks uh, baseball in those two cities, it could be quite some time before they actually do something. They're right in the middle of the Mendoza line there. I'd tear it down and start over and start building that farm system in them cities. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not a horrible idea. Build up that, uh, build up those farm systems for sure. Let's get to the uh, playoff races, Mark. American League East. I mean, it's got four of the better teams in the American League all in it. Um, Tampa has a comfortable lead, it would seem right now. But all it takes is one or two bad series against some of those teams to change Tampa's fortunes. Uh, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the AL wildcard, though. And there's not much to talk about in the Central. It looks like the White Sox have that wrapped up. Not much to talk about in the West. It looks like the Astros have that wrapped up. So let's kind of bunch it all together. AL wildcard, you're looking like the Red Sox, the A's, the Yankees, and Jays. Those four teams are probably the front runners for two spots. Well, I don't know how the Rays are doing it other than, you know what, uh, they just worry about what they have and what they don't have. Uh, so uh, the system, you know, it, it works in, in Tampa Bay, small market, and 
You see what they have with the Lowe's, the Meadows, and guys like that. I'm surprised they got a five-game lead on the Sox, but they beat the, the Sox six straight games. Boston's been slipping of late. Their M.O. is slugging, and they haven't been getting the bats going, so that's a big thing there. Uh, Barnes has struggled his last four starts coming out of the pen. The Yankees and Blue Jays have come on since the last couple weeks, so they've been playing great baseball. If you're going to put a gun to my head and say who's going to come out of this thing, I don't know. The Red Sox could hold off the Yankees, and maybe here come the Jays to knock out the A's. So uh, the Jays, a five-game series. It's very unique to play a five-game series. One of the games was rained out in Toronto, uh, so they had to make this thing up uh, in Anaheim because they don't go back there this year. So a five-game series. The Angels have taken two of the first three with two more scheduled. So it's going to be interesting. Toronto has to, you know, put the pressure on the remaining teams in front of them to have a chance to get there. I like Toronto's chances down the line. They've retooled it. They brought in Barrios. We talked about that last week. But the real key is getting that productive uh, hitting uh, with guys on base. And Toronto has is, is been lacking that of late. Hopefully they can do something these next two games in Anaheim. The Yankees have struggled of late in Kansas City. Uh, you know, and they'll be going on to the Field of Dreams four games. I mean, the White Sox. they lost one game. I wouldn't know. I don't know if that's struggling to Kansas. Well, City. I, I think when you when you look at Seattle and and, and then going to Kansas City, these are teams you got to really you know put away. Andrew Heaney, the guy you picked up from the Angels, I like him. He struggled in his first two starts with the Yankees. Yeah, terrible in his first one. Second one, really bad couple innings, but then he did turn things around and gave them length that they needed after their bullpen game. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure it's not exactly what they were hoping for. I'm sure they would love to have Cole or Montgomery or Herman or Kluber or Severino, but uh, Yankees dealing with tons and tons of injuries, COVID issues right now. I mean, they're without Rizzo, Urshela, Torres, and Sanchez offensively. I just na- named all the injured pitchers. So, yeah, it's uh, the fact that they're doing what they're doing with all these injuries when everyone else is pretty much healthy and intact is definitely impressive. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a tight race there because Oakland's advantage in that wild card is that they get to face Seattle, the Angels, Texas, who aren't great teams, whereas Boston, Toronto, and New York are going to be beating up on one another. Right, and not only that, the Yankees and Red Sox started out late this year, so you know they're going to have some uh, huge games uh, and a lot of games left with each other down the stretch. So that can dictate who's going to win that wild card, uh, you know, uh, position in, and or you know, if they both get in there, someone's going to have the home field advantage. Yes, of course, which will make a big difference, of course. Uh, But I think at this point, everyone just wants to kind of get in there. Um, The National League definitely has more interesting races, for sure. Uh, The NL Central, maybe not so much. The NL West, three very good teams. But the NL East right now, none of the teams are all that great. But because of that... They're all grouped together. The Mets have fallen off a little bit since the Phillies took over. Right now, it looks like Phillies and Braves, but you know the Mets could jump back into this race at any moment. Not having DeGrom is certainly hurting the Mets. Their lack of consistent offense is certainly hurting the Mets, whereas the Braves and Phillies, 
Not only have the Phillies kind of turned it on as of late since the trades they made, but Joe Girardi is a guy that's kind of been there, done that in this situation with the team, making that stretch run. The Atlanta Braves moves at the deadline went kind of unnoticed by many, but it really helped their offense come together. Their pitching was struggled for the first three and a half months of the season is finally doing much better as well. I think the Braves are a very scary team moving forward in this division if they can continue to get the pitching, even without Ronald Acuna Jr. Well, first of all, let's start with the Mets. I've been calling them frauds from the beginning, and Mamba Bear's not there to take care of the Cubs, so the Cubs have to fend for themselves. And what I'm talking about is without Jacob DeGrom there, other guys have had to step up. They brought in Hill. They brought in Williams, guys that eat up innings. We'll see what they can do with a few more starts under their belts in Gotham City. But guys like Stroman, you know, Carrasco now coming back, you know, uh, who knows what's going to happen. Mark, the thing about the Mets, though, is they're not the Blue Jays. They can't get by with guys that just eat innings. They don't score enough runs. They need guys like DeGrom who are dominating, who will shut you down and win you games. Just having those innings eaters don't work for them. If it was the Astros, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox for the first half of the season, sure, you you get by. Not here. Right. Well, and here's the other thing. The Mets, you know, went into Philadelphia uh, bringing that uh, first place along with them, and they lost the belt in Philly with three straight losses. So what, what happens now is now you got the Nationals. The Nationals are, you know, beating them right now in the first game of a doubleheader. It's a suspended game from yesterday. But if you look at the Mets' schedule, after the Nats leave, you know, uh, this uh, series in New York, the Mets will then have, in the next week, they'll have seven games with the Dodgers and three with the Giants. That's when I think the Undertaker will be out with the uh, caskets outside City Field because I can't see the Mets coming back from that. Now, people might say, well, it's still early. We got 45 games or whatever. I don't care. You know, if the Phillies can get hot a little, and their problem is they're back into the bullpen, Luckily, they got Ian Kennedy there to shut that uh, uh, faucet down and bringing in Kyle Gibson, two guys from the Rangers. That was going to help the Phillies. I still think the Phillies will win the division. I had the Phillies and Nationals battling it out, but the Nationals have had a garage sale for the last few weeks, so they're not looking at what's going on this year. They're just going to play out the string. As far as the Braves go, one word sums up the Braves. Should have signed Mark Melanson. You lose a Kuna. Junior, you pick up all these other guys uh, from Kansas City and, and, and Miami and everything, Duvall and all them guys. But you know what? You need a lot more than that. I think the Braves haven't woken up from getting beat by the Dodgers after they took a 3-1 to one series lead in that championship game. I think the Braves are dead, too, even though they're within striking distance. I think this is the division for the Phillies to lose. If they can sustain Hoskins being out the next 10, take advantage of the Mets playing you know, with the Giants and Dodgers. I think the Phillies got this. I do agree with you that it is their division to lose at this point. Uh, They might be the most complete team going into this final stretch. Although I see them being beaten out quickly by anyone else in the National League. That division they can win. Can they beat the Brewers at this point or any of the teams in the NL West? I don't think so. Not believing in that one bit. Speaking of the NL West... Also kind of goes hand in hand with the NL wild card, although you can make an argument that the Reds are suddenly in the NL wild card race. 
um, possibly more than they are in their own division race. But the NL West, Giants, Dodgers, Padres, all grouped together here, Mark. And Dodgers starting to get healthy. The uh, Padres, we still wonder if they have enough starting pitching, not getting Max Scherzer, Blake Snell, not pitching to the best of his abilities that we've seen from him in the past. You have to have some question mark there. And the Giants, can their starting pitching hold up? It was kind of pieced together very randomly. Gosman, big start for him tonight. He has not been great since the All-Star break. They need him to get back on track. It'll be very interesting to see, especially as these teams phase off head-to-head in the final six, seven weeks of the year. Well, you talk about the Reds. We'll start with them. They beat up on the Pirates. First time this year, Pittsburgh's lost a four-game series. Three out of four. Sunday night, then the wheels have kind of slipped. The Padres now have picked up two games while the Reds have lost two games. So now the Padres are four ahead because the Reds lost in Cleveland Monday in a makeup game, and then they lost in Atlanta yesterday. And when you look at this now, the Padres, after they get the Marlins today, they will, uh, I believe, uh, go to uh, Arizona or they'll uh, get, uh, you know, one of those also ran. I believe it's Arizona they'll go to. And the Reds go to Philadelphia. So uh, I don't think the uh, Padres... I look at the Dodgers in the same category as I look in the Mets because while the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers are back there. They've got the Phillies tonight and tomorrow. They've basically got Mets seven games in a week mixed in with three with the Pirates who have played the league pretty tough. You know, so uh, it's going to be interesting what we're going to find out. And down the line, the Dodgers still got the Brewers, the Braves, the Reds. This is going to get interesting uh, for the Dodgers. I don't think they can fall back any further than they already are. Wouldn't division row is definitely in jeopardy, considering they only get the Giants three more times just before Labor Day. Yeah, well, those three games, is it's like a sweep almost. They need to sweep that series to make up that uh, amount of, of games for sure. It's a really good point. Um, Padres and Giants, you know how many games they have left remaining? Well, they probably got uh, 10 more games or at least 11. Yeah, well, that's 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 also where obviously the Padres have their chance, but the Dodgers have a chance there too because the Padres, if let's say they have eleven, the Padres take seven of those games, and if the Dodgers are playing good baseball at that time. That's around they could be gaining on the Giants too, the same way the Padres are. So uh, the Dodgers well, might have to become big Padres fans, even though the Padres are right behind them. Um, so those head-to-head <laughs> games definitely going to play a huge role. And if one of these teams gets cold, particularly the the Padres or Dodgers at this point, it could open the door for the Reds. As I mentioned, um, for so long, it looked like it was just going to be the NL West and that was going to be the wild card. But all of a sudden, Reds five games out. Well, Dodgers, they've split, you know, 16 games with the Giants. They're three and seven against the Padres. So they're going to have a four with the Padres to play. The Padres and the Giants don't fear the Dodgers. 
The Dodgers have lost season series to the Cubs. They're one and three with the Brewers so far. Uh, they're one and two with the Braves. You know, they're, they're, they have losing records against some of these. They, so this is going to be interesting. The Dodgers stumbling of late. And now we're playing some of these teams in back east now. While these teams are racking up wins at the bottom feeders, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see that. The Giants are 19-5 and five against Arizona and Colorado. Good luck in the next five, six games with the Giants playing those teams while the Dodgers are back east trying to beat Philly and New York. Good points. All very, very good points for sure. Although, I mean, I think the Dodgers are much better than Philly and New York. I don't think those teams post threats to them the way that they post threats to each other in that weak NL East division. Uh, but definitely fair point for sure. I will give you that. Any final thoughts? Any team maybe that's on the outside looking in right now that you have the most faith in? Obviously, we both think the Blue Jays are one of those teams. Uh, Yankees certainly could be one of those teams. Is there a team in the NL right now, not in the picture, that you think is going to get into the picture? Well, you know me. I ride with consistency. XM says whatever I pick, take the opposite. I've held on to the Cardinals the whole year. I'm I'm still looking at the Cardinals, even though they're about ten and a half out. You know, they're still in that wild card chase. So I'm going to keep my eyes on the Cardinals. I think the veteran leadership there with Molina, some of those guys at Carpenter, you got the young guys. I think if the Cardinals can get hot and, and, and get this thing going, maybe they can chase down the Reds. Maybe the Brewers can come back to the pack. Who knows? But I'm going to hang my hat on the Cardinals as a team that's in the rearview mirror that could do something. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I mean, if there's a team like that, it's the Reds for me in the Central. And again, I still think the Braves, um, as much as I do think it, the Phillies to lose, wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies did just that and lost it. I still don't trust that bullpen at all. Still got to get the ball to Ian Kennedy with a lead. So as much as I like Nola and Wheeler and uh, sometimes Gibson, although, see, I think Gibson gets smashed around tonight. He has not faced the lineup like the Dodgers much this season. No, I think you might be right. I mean, he's he's performed great in his first couple starts. It's going to be interesting, but that game, you know, when you looked at Aaron Nola, he was rolling yesterday. The Dodgers got into their pen. Uh, you know, Scherzer had to come out, too, so it's going to be interesting. Maybe Phillies. Uh, make the Dodgers pay uh, tonight with this thing. It's it, it, It'll be something to see, uh, you know, uh, flying back east, you know, you might be jacked up that first game. It's usually the second or third game. Tomorrow's a day game there. Then you got to bust it to New York. I'm looking for the Phillies to pull it out tonight somehow, uh, whether it's a slugfest or a close game. I like the Phillies tonight. Yeah, well, they do get David Price, I believe, not Walker Bueller yeah. and not Max Scherzer. Um, so that's obviously a good sign there if you're a Phillies fan hoping to hold on to this division. And that'll wrap things up for Mark and I, Intentional Balk, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Premium access to our staff in the members-only Discord area. Come right up to DFS lineup locks. You can also subscribe using promo code radio. That's promo code radio. For MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, eSports, DFS, fantasy sports, betting, news, tools, and more. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Lou Landers with my main man, Mark Mancini. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time.